0: Hi, everyone. As we get ready for our season finale in several episodes, we're going to start to break down the Netflix documentary. But first, what I'd like to do is bring in my fellow investigative producer, Randall Libero, who has also been with me in our first podcast with Goodnight Night, Maryland. So we've been on this journey for a while, Randall, haven't we?
1: Yeah, we have. Hi, everybody. And thanks for tuning in.
0: Well, I think one of the things that we'd like to do before we get into the Netflix breakdown is talk to you a little bit about what we've learned and why we were doing this series. I think more than ever, this 60th year, in the 10 years that I've been studying Marilyn Randall, and I don't know about you, I'm sitting here scratching my head going, I think this is the worst year <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in regards to rumors and outright lies being told about Maryland that have already been debunked in mass media. Again, once again, we have to deal with this stuff again. What are you thinking? Why is it happening again? And we're not finally going, oh, we've already proved that to be not true. Why do you think this is happening?
1: Well, I think it's a very simple answer. It's that people want the truth. So they're willing to sit through anything that they think they can get it from you know, television documentaries or whatever story or movie or podcast or whatever. It's been 60 years. Don't we have any answer to this? I mean, a definitive answer. The reason why we started this investigative series after doing the dramatic series, it's really because we've been listening to you, the fans. And we thought this is something that people really still want to know. So let's do the best job that we can with the top experts that we have. And putting a series together that's going to look at, as you say, Nina, separate everything from everything and try to get to the facts. So what we did is we figured out how to tell the story of how the conspiracy theories got started. So this is what our series represents. We took some books that are out there and the main theories that everyone understands that these are the ones, you know, the Kennedys and the doctors and the you ambulance know, the, the, theory the, the and mob the mob and everything. Yeah. So this whole process has been looking at each of those and looking at what is separating the conspiracy theories from what the facts are. So we started out at the point of Marilyn's death, and from there, we went through all the people who began and the reasons why they got started doing this, you know, starting with Jack Clemens and going to Frank Capel and going to Norman Mailer and Robert slater and all these people who were the foundation of all the distortion of the truth. So if you haven't heard those episodes and you really want to understand why we're coming to the conclusions that we're coming to in these next few episodes. You really have to go back and listen to the early stuff.
0: And Randall, I want to, I want to really point out because I think people will get this analogy. Think about what we're dealing with today in the media. Yeah. There's so much commentary that when you turn on the news now, you say to yourself, okay, is this actually a fact or is this somebody's belief system? Because we have so much being thrown at us that we're having a hard time actually understanding what is a fact. Because media is all over the place and anybody can say anything with all these platforms, including podcast platforms.
1: That's so- right. And I'll tell you, being a former journalist writing breaking news for major media, CBS, AOL, all that, did that for 12 years of my life. I can tell you that as a journalist, you have to look at what are the facts of this story. But if you watch news today, it's not facts. It's all opinion. Yeah. So it's somebody's opinion. It's the the newscaster's opinion or the person that they spoke with, or you watch when they, they have a guest on, and I was watching something the other night, just online. I don't watch television news anymore. And here is the host of the segment, and he's framing the question so that the guest has to answer it in a very specific manner to refute the framing that he's putting it in.
0: Well, and that's what's happening today yeah. with So the you books. get that. Yeah, the books that are coming out there. And that's why we want you we know that you're smarter than this. And when we say that, thank we, you. You know, yeah, but we all are. And the thing is, is that we're waking up to the fact that wait a minute here, you're giving me an opinion. What is the actual fact? And I think a lot of us are getting very frustrated. So when we put it back into the Maryland story and you talk about these four men that actually and there was more but started the rumor mill and the Mm -hmm. main ones and the outlandish lies they were able to tell without any proof because back then we didn't have the internet we didn't have the fact checks and if somebody sounded really credible so what's happening is these authors these journalists these documentarians are putting together these facts with outlandish rumors with these probable theories even if you think about the Netflix documentary, it starts out with a a quote from Marilyn that basically says, what's rarely true gets into circulation. So you're even starting to manipulate the audience before they even get into the documentary, because you're inferring that now I'm going to tell you the truth. And there's yep. so much innuendo in the documentary that even for us who actually know, if you know a lot about Marilyn Monroe, I'm watching this documentary and I'm going, who are these people and what's the context of what they're saying?
1: That's exactly it. So that producer of that show is very clever. I'll yes. give them that much yes. or her that much. Yes. Because what they're doing for the audience is they are giving you the framing and the context of what you're about to hear. So, you're boxed into a certain way of thinking. We're not doing that. What we're doing is we're looking at how this damn thing got started. And the reason, (laughs) yeah. And the reason for that is because Marilyn's story at the end of her life is very, very complicated. And you can't take a piece of it out and extrapolate that and come up with a theory about how she died. You have to look at it in a very comprehensive fashion. You have to understand her as a human being, as a person, as a young woman who was traumatized when she was a child. You have to understand her psychology. You have to understand the medical you know, part of her medications and how her treatment. And also her
0: acute mental illness.
1: So the people who don't have expertise in this area, you know, I know these guys in the mob, or I know the Kennedys, or I, it's like, you know, sorry, pal, uh, you can't do it that way. You have to look at everything. And that's the complicated part of trying to find the truth and a solution to this mystery.
0: So let's look at, what else we've learned through that so we started and we gave you the rumor mill we broke down one of the books with mark shaw collateral damage right and we tried to give you a snapshot into how authors distort the
1: truth yeah and they
0: do have facts in it we're not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. and you and i have talked a lot about robert slatzer it robert slatzer if we did not have him doing what he did which was a lot of nefarious things if you think about it. outright you know stalker and liar and he got away with it
1: That's right and I can speak from my own experience because I knew the man yeah, I knew him so I knew him for years so yeah extremely
0: extremely bright in how he positioned himself and for yes. those of you that still don't know who Robert Slater is he actually went out into the media in very mass way and said that he was married to her We already have debunked that he yeah. certainly And I believed them
1: you know I'm, I He them. had a show on
0: ABC <laughs> you know The the Maryland files. What he did, though, is if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have the 1982-85-D8 report if it wasn't for him. Thank you,
1: Mr. Slater, for that, because there was a part of him that did want to get to the truth because he was, he had a bit of a good detective in him. And he knew that if he did find an answer, it would be a big payoff for him. That's why he did it, not to get to the truth, because he saw the payoff.
0: But one of the things that I think is very challenging as we will break down um, with Don in our next episode is the Netflix Cassettes. And I thought that Scott Fortner did a fabulous job for those of you no, who do not you, know Scott. Yeah, who do not know who Scott Fortner is. He is the co-founder of the longest running Maryland fan club. And he is also the creator of the Collection.com. He's one of the biggest collectors. And he actually has Marilyn Monroe's phone book. So what he did is he went through the cassettes and actually identified who is in Marilyn's phone book. And Randall, you and I have experienced this time and time again with (laughs) Michael Selzman from the Arthur Jacobs Agency to Jeannie Carmen to now these people in these tapes, which we'll hear that they claim that they have talked to Marilyn Monroe months before she died for hours and hours. You know, Mark Shaw talking about Dorothy Kilgallen. And why aren't these people in her phone book? Because most of the people that she actually knew well and knew her are in that phone book. (laughs) Yeah. She had a
1: very small circle of trusted friends.
0: In this documentary, they even use Marilyn's quote that talks about that I have very few friends and yet they're using cassette tapes with people that didn't know her that well, if at all. Yeah it just blows my mind. The more I get into this investigation, the more I'm I'm sitting here scratching my head going, and I was one of them. I believed every hook, yeah, line, sinker yep. of, I mean, of everything I, that I, I watched or listened to.
1: I was one of those people too. But after talking with Gary and Don and, you know, people like this and hearing what they have to say, you know, you can take a tape, And listen to somebody's quote, and they're quoting it out of context because it's a television documentary and they're editing, you know, for time. And you take that quote, and it sounds by itself, it's like, whoa. But when you look at the person who says it and their connection to Marilyn, that right there, you have a fact. Did they know her? Well, maybe, but we don't have any verification of that. So what they say, you can now pretty much discount it or throw it out the window. And then when you look at what they said, and you can check on the facts of that and find out, well, that isn't true at all. So the mystery of Marilyn Monroe, the documentary that we're talking about, really doesn't, one, tell us anything we didn't know before. Two, it doesn't give us substantiated, fact-checked, researched material. And three, it's very cleverly shot and edited to box you into a certain point of view. So this is why these things get made and sold, because they know there's an audience out there for it. I'm talking as a producer now. And that's what people do. They leverage Maryland's good name to make money, just like all these conspiracy theorists have done for years. And this is why this continues. Well, the
0: challenge that we have, and I just want to give the audience some context. For somebody who has listened to most of the tapes, I look at the tapes that they chose to use. Most of the tapes, not all, are for people that actually didn't know her that well and or tied to the story. So I found it very interesting that they decided not to use Milt Evans, which was her entertainment lawyer, as well as George Durgam, and he was a manager. He was also at Peter Lawford's house the night Marilyn died. So both of these gentlemen on these tapes, they talk about Bobby Kennedy, certainly didn't know anything about an affair, let alone that Bobby was in town that day. They also, both of them talked about being called in the middle of the morning, like three o'clock in the morning, and that Peter Lawford was called and how upset he was. So if you start to illustrate and air those tapes, then all of those... Peter was in the car with Bobby Kennedy driving down to the airport and all this other stuff that we keep hearing about, but there's no proof, would have to be dispelled or debunked. And so the question I have is, are we really going and wanting the truth or are we really just wanting a tantalizing story that keeps the machine alive? I don't know, Randall, what do you think?
1: Well, I think there's certainly an audience out there for it, and that's maybe part of the audience that we're speaking to. But coming back to your point, yeah, I mean, sensational journalism and, you know, a good mystery story always will have an audience. So that's why these programs and these books keep coming out at the expense of, you know, Marilyn's good name. I think her story is much more interesting if you look at it from a very different perspective. If you look at it from the point of view of that she was a trailblazer, a woman ahead of her time in a lot of ways. I mean, that to me is a much more interesting story. And I think that's what attracts people to Marilyn because they see that in her. We're going to come back and talk about that a little bit.
0: So as we've been talking in this special investigation series season is the Mark Shaw book, so we gave you an example of how people blend a fact, a probable theory, and an outlandish rumor. And then we talked to you about the rumor mill and how that got started, the Kennedy connection, and specifically Bobby Kennedy and where he was that day and the proof around that day, as well as the doctor's involvement, the ambulance theory, as well as the medications involved and Marilyn's acute mental illness. But- We also have a whole other season and it's the dramatic podcast. Tell the audience what they can hear in this podcast.
1: Well, there's a few episodes that I want to highlight of the dramatic series. One of them is episode eight. We talk about Marilyn's last days, and this is where she goes and picks up her medications. And you can hear the very long list of medications from the character of the pharmacist. So that's very helpful to kind of understand And also kind of to also understand Marilyn's mental state. There's a conversation between her and Pat Newcomb and just kind of where her head was at with our best estimation of all the facts going on at that time in that conversation she was having with Pat. The other episodes to listen to that are very important are episode one, two, and three, because this is a turning point in Marilyn's life where she was institutionalized through her psychiatrist, Dr. Marianne Chris, who suggested that she go to the Payne-Whitney Psychiatric Clinic in New York. And that whole episode is about that experience and how it affected Marilyn. And it also tells the story of her relationship to Joe DiMaggio and goes into that part of her life, where Joe came back into her life and how Joe came back into her life and why. The other episode that's really interesting to listen to, and there's a lot of information in it about Marilyn's family background, goes into the Monroe family, uh, the family of her mother, the origins of other past ancestors in her family committing suicide, her mother's psychiatric illness. And we did our best to kind of give you a comprehensive history in this conversation that she has with her first sessions with Dr. Ralph Greenson. So, when you start to put these pieces together of understanding Marilyn's mental illness and her family, and then also a little bit more about the history of her treatment from her doctors and the medication... She becomes more, as Mary Jane Gray says, she was a living, breathing human being who deserves more than what she's been given after her death. Thank you, Mary Jane.
0: And that's a lot of people's sentiment. What I love about the dramatic episodes, Randall, is we're learning a lot of heady information. What I found so remarkable, and we've got Aaron Gavin who plays Marilyn Monroe, is that the actors that are taking these parts on It feels like you are in the scene with Marilyn. What I love more than anything that we're doing is we're humanizing her. Because just like you said with Mary Jane's quote, I think a lot of Marilyn fans feel the same way. And I think if we can make sure that we remember Marilyn Monroe was a character that she created. Norma Jean, the beautiful soul that she was and human being was human. And we say these horrific things about her without taking into that account that she isn't this fictionalized character. She really was a human being and we should honor that fact as well.
1: In preparing for these kind of wrap episodes of our investigative series, I've been reading a lot of Donald McGovern's website, Marilyn from the 22nd Row, the 22 row.com. There was a few questions that I still had about certain events that are talked about in the conspiracy theory. So Donald on his website, God bless him, he has done a fantastic job giving you the facts of how these different conspiracy theories got started, who started them, and where they eventually lead to. So if you really want to dig in, if you have questions, go look at the table of contents on his website and pick whatever question that you have <laughs> and read what Donald says about it. So in our next episode, Donald is going to come back with us and go through the Netflix documentary and pull apart everything that's in there. And with his wonderful expertise and knowledge, tell you where that documentary takes us and where it leaves giant holes in the story of Maryland's passing.
0: And I think we're going to illustrate for you so you can start to understand and wake up, just like Randall and I have, is the fact that people are saying these things in these documentaries, writing them in the book. And yet, when we look at the cassette and we look at the facts around the cassettes and the people they used as the interviews, we start to piece together that hey, wait a minute here, these producers, these writers, These storytellers are actually telling you a story that they want you to experience. It may or may not be the truth. And so our dedication will be for you, the audience, to actually know the truth. And Donald McGovern will be with us as we break down the cassettes. We'll also tell you based on Scott Fortner's blog, were they in her telephone book or not? So that's also very useful when you think about these people that are talking about Marilyn as if they knew her. So with that said, until next time, I'm Nina Boski with Randall Libero. Next week, Donald McGovern for Behind the Icon. The truth will be known.